What's up, everyone? It is Kiddish Club News for Jews, and you know what this music means. We are back with another episode. And we have a shout-out for a huge fan of the podcast, uh, Mazel Tov to Eli Gortzman. This Shabbos is his bar mitzvah. Mazel Tov, Eli. Happy Sphira. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost over. It's almost over. I don't know about you, but after the Sphira, I, I just find myself saying it like it, in, in the mornings, and in the, like I just, I, I, like it's, it's in my brain. But you know what I end up doing? Just doing a check right before bed. Mm-hmm. And then most days I need to, you, you need know, to I need to say No, it. I'm I'm signed up to like four different services. I don't know if I sign myself or like other people sign no, up. No, I definitely- I get texts. I get emails. I get more texts. Then I get notifications. All of the above I get. I didn't sign up for even one. Yeah, me too. I don't know how they have my number. I kind of feel like maybe it's Chabad. And I, I, I don't mean any disrespect or anything negative. I just kind of feel like that, right? I, I don't know who it is, but these people take great pride in what they do, right? This do. is their time to shine. <laughs> yeah, they have 49 days. <laughs> <laughs> they wait all year. <laughs> the infrastructure well, upgrades. But be honest, are you still in? Oh, I'm in. You are? Oh, I'm in. All right, are, I'm you, in. are you not in? No, 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 I'm in. You're in? I'm in. Oh. I mean, it was a little touch and go. Yeah, a couple I mean, there was touch and go. Yeah, no. Some days I missed the night and I had yeah. to just catch up on the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, I I I daven in a minion that will mention it in mincha. That's great. Yeah, nobody does that. That's that I've a never great seen idea. it before. And there's no reason not to. Just do it. Exactly. Just do it. What do you it doesn't lose? hurt anyone. Just <laughs> right. do it. And I looked at the guy. And he's like, maybe someone forgot. Maybe someone didn't daven shacharis. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's great. Yeah. So when I count sphira. I also, you know, I'm not really looking at any of the papers or, or even at my phone. I'm just doing it in my brain. Yeah, I can't do that math. The math. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. The pressure of the math is so. Yeah, between the weeks and the days. Yeah. And then like, oh, how many days is it divided by seven? I no, no, no. Terrible. Cannot do math. Yeah, I'm no accountant. No. <laughs> and, and and even when, when someone says, oh, by the way, what day is today? The, do you ever feel that pressure? I'm like, oh my gosh. It's like someone asked you like. What daf, what daf did you learn yesterday? Like I look them deadpan and go, ask someone else. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, ask someone else. <laughs> I can't deal with it. I don't know what's allowed, right, what's right. not allowed. <laughs> yesterday was this. Right, yeah. I don't do any of that. And if you say it wrong, yeah, it's, it's just Google too much it, pressure. Google it, bro. Just Google it. I don't deal well with pressure like that. But it's funny because we're talking about counting. So I know somebody. I think he's a listener of the program. In fact, I know he's a listener. <laughs> so, so I'm going to get some hate mail for bringing this up. I'm not saying who it is. but So so I remember like one year we were having this conversation about Sphira and figuring it out and, and remembering, whatever. And so one guy's like, yeah, you know, I was out. I, I was going great. And then uh, day 24, I just I lost it. So the, another guy's like, oh, that's not so bad. I actually lost it on day like 14. And then this third guy goes, none of that means anything. I counted negative five. What? And all of us did that. We were like, there's no such thing you, you as can't counting be negative. negative five. Right. So he says, it was five days into the sphere before I realized I didn't even count day one. Oh, boy. Is this person yeah. affiliated with Judaism? He is. He's a regular like, Orthodox guy. How do you forget the first, like, the first counting is on Passover? Like I, I, You're in shul. <laughs> you have nowhere else to be. Well, he's the type of guy that you know cuts out a little early maybe before 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 they count in shul. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Those you're types saying of it's, guys. It's Antsy, possible. Ants in his pants. He's always, you know, he may miss, you know, he may miss going to shul. I may be one of those guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it may be you. And we just don't want the listeners to know. No, you would you would sense it. They would know. <laughs> they would know. They would know if it was me. But I'm still in. But when you do miss and you you get like disqualified, like it also depends on why. Disqualified. Yeah, it is a disqualification. Like it's, a, like it's dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, you're you're. That's it. You're you're benched. Yeah. You're sidelined. Shavuos is coming. That's exciting. You going anywhere? You doing anything for Shavuos? It's just run of the mill for me. Regular. Regular. So why is it that with Shavuos, and it's Memorial Day here in the United States, Shavuos Memorial Day, so it's long weekend anyway, Monday is is a, is a national holiday, so you're going to have basically Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Wait, when Monday. Does, when does it fall out? It falls out on Thursday night, Thursday, May 25th. So that means- So just two days. We're not getting a three-day on Two days. Whew. Oh, I love three-day antifs. What? I love them. Why? Sorry. Unpopular opinion. I love them. Wait, wait. Why What is world? not to love? I, I don't know. It's First of all, it is- Love. It is restrictive. It is restrictive for three days. No. Your hashkaf is totally off. Why? Okay. If you look at Shabbos and Yantav as restrictive, that means you don't enjoy them. And they're 160th of Olam Haba, which means you're going to be in trouble, bro. 
after 120, <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna have some problems. No, I just need a phone. They have to have that, something. I love that I can't use my phone. I, I, I'm so surprised you're saying this. I I love being disconnected. I love it. I don't I, I don't feel it when I'm when I'm going through it. But just the anticipation kind of gets me a little. That's that's funny. I have the, so I'm I have the exact opposite feeling. I get so happy as holidays are approaching. Even Shabbos, I look forward to it so much. I disconnect, and I'm just totally unplugged. I mean, it is a mindset. Like, sometimes I'm there, and then sometimes I just have too much going on in real life, and it's like right. I need, like, I just want to finish, or I just want to... email, right, right, right. I just want to, like, get things, like, done and be connected, but... We're going to work on you. We're going to work on you. Okay. I'm, uh... Any rabbis in the uh, <laughs> listeners, the crowd. you're welcome to uh, email. So... Uh, I was just fine. So, I mean, it's going to be a very long weekend, but when it comes to like Pesach and a lot of the other holidays, there's a mass exodus of people. But by Shavuos, there's not nearly as many people. When you go to Israel, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, not nearly as many people traveling for Shavuos, even though Memorial Day weekend, etc. It's just, I thought that was interesting. I guess it's because like Sukkot's. Well, it's ha- short. It's, it's short. not enough time. It's like when it's Pesach, right? You have this two week vacation trip coming Shavuos is like two days and you're done but I wonder but Memorial if, Day so yeah I have, wonder I, I, there probably yeah. are a lot of people going to Florida are there I feel I, I haven't spoken to too many people that have said it I, I do know a bunch of people going to Israel which I get um, but other than that I haven't heard any Florida I haven't heard of I really haven't heard of much of anything which is interesting especially because it's a long weekend you're going to basically have you know let's say you were going to travel you'd leave Thursday and you'd have Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday Monday and you'd come back Tuesday Tuesday morning, let's say that that's a decent. Vacation. It is, it is. But you know what? I don't. Not that see I'm them, advocating for. No, I don't see them being advertised. Usually, you know, when it comes to Pesach true. trips, it's advertised like crazy. Yeah, from like. But someone should now, put together a Sinai Peninsula trip. Well, go back to the desert, receive the Torah on site. But that depends if Har Sinai is in the Sinai Peninsula, which Rabbi Hu will tell you is not where it's located. Where does he say it is? Oh, you'll have to buy his book and find out. <laughs> I'm not, it's got to be somewhere. No, by the way, by the way, I'm not going to cost him books. Okay, to you want to sh- know? You read his book. It's a shvuist trip. They'll believe whatever you tell them. That's true, right? <laughs> That's true. This is see. You just pick any random mountain. Let it be not that big because you needs to be hard <laughs> Like this was it, people. This is where we took. You'd be like. Oh, fair, but I thought, you know, <laughs> Why the Israelis? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's in Israel. Well, Egypt, really. Yeah. So um, it's funny because it is a random thing talking about Israel. We would, you know, we had a, a person recently who, who had passed away and uh, they were being buried in Israel. So I just got to having that just conversation. About, I was like, wow, you know, people being buried in Israel. I mean, and, I think that's the goal. I mean, not the goal, well, but I it? think there's a lot of people that would like prefer to be buried in, in Israel. So on a whim, I happened to tell my wife, I said, you know, well, I don't totally get it. I, I don't want to be buried in Israel. I want to be buried here in the United States. Well, why would you, like, what? That's what she, that was her reaction. Yeah, but and why? she was like, no, we are being buried in Israel. Oh. Like that. Like. Like that. Okay. Exactly. Listen, at least she's in it for the long haul. <laughs> That's true. Right? That's true. And no, I said, because, you know, you, I want to be where my kids are. And unless my kids are making a layer, which they may, but if they don't, your kids are not coming. They're, you know, they're not going to be visiting. I mean, a lot of people that have a, that have parents buried abroad will take a visit. To, yes, but once not a nearly year. as often. So you are you saying you want to be visited? Yes, I'm going to get very lonely, and all I'm going to have for company are all these other random Israelis that I don't even know. You're saying in, <laughs> if you get buried in Israel, yes. you're saying you don't have enough friends. Yes, in Israel, and you're worried about yes. your neighbors. Yes, I didn't go 120 years to stop making friends with these Israelis who I don't know. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Uh, excuse me, please. Uh, this is uh, my line right here. Please, uh, you over my line, please. Uh, excuse me, one more thing. Uh, that stone, uh, somebody put it on you. He took it from mine. Can you, can you exactly. put it back? That's my biggest fear. Right. My biggest fear. And so like, you want to be, and you can't go anywhere. I'm just saying, you want to be buried near friends, like friends and family and co- community. Yeah. No. I don't know. I don't know. Like I feel like I would want to meet new people. <laughs> like <laughs> no. I've had enough of these people in this life. Let's see what other communities okay. are well, out honestly, there. Honestly, God bless the Jewish people, but 
if you were going to pick new people to make new friends with, is it going to be a bunch of random Israelis? God bless. But we're not Israeli. We're Americans. We think differently. We act differently. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, I understand it's, what you're saying. I'm trying to think of which demographic in the Jewish nation I would most... <laughs> oh, that's I would, a good question. I would most, <laughs> what would you pick? Like, imagine just going into a random cemetery. Good luck. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, we don't know who this guy was. We buried him in the Persian cemetery. Oh, my... <laughs> No hate to the Persians, people. Not at all. You are new here, I see. <laughs> I noticed you are new here. Welcome to the Iranian part of the cemetery. <laughs> have some gourmet zabzi. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, we have all the food. <laughs> Wait, aren't they dead? Why are they eating food? I don't know. What else are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this whole thing is ridiculous, though, because no one really, like, I don't know. Do, like, I, we, we don't know. I know it matters who the neighbors are. It definitely matters. I, I would think. Right. But are they conversing? Like, is there, like... But there's stories in the Gemara, right? I know, so I know. That's what I'm saying. They are conversing. Apparently, they're conversing. Like, and they come down. Like, I guess during their... their yeah, I mean, we're during getting, their yard we're getting really dark. Yes, it's, yes, it's, it's going... Really dark. It's really dark. <laughs> it went from funny to dark. <laughs> okay, anyway. So, yeah. So, I chose... Uh, as of so right now... What's Yeah, what is the verdict, My by the verdict way? is here. Really? She wants to go there? Let her go. Let her go. Let her go. She could do what she likes. Wow. Yeah. You yeah. know, if anything does happen to you, chas. Yeah. They're going to pull this right out. This recording is going to be pulled out. I know. They're going to be like, listen, this is his last will. Exactly. I actually told her So you that. uh, That's it. I'm saying, are you finalizing no, it no, here I take it on the cast? I take it back. I have to think it over. I have to think it over. Okay. Okay. But over. I think you should, like on the pod, you should commit to a sp- uh, uh, I don't want to say a plot, yeah. but a, but a, but a, a country. Well, That's they all say, they want they is say a it's country. a school if you buy a plot in Eretz Yisrael that you live a long life. Yeah, you know who says that? The salespeople. The plots. It's a booming business. Yeah, of course. It's very expensive. Of course. It's crazy. By the way, anything that's a segula for Parnassa, same. Yeah, same. It's true. Everything could become exactly. A <laughs> Did you hear umbrellas? By the way, listening to the Kiddush Club podcast, it is a segula for Parnassa. <laughs> Did you hear that, people? <laughs> Tell your friends. It's known. School this of Parnassa. No, it actually is a school of Parnassa for us. Yes. So also we, true. It's not a lie. You keep selling those see, ads. See how you're not, you're not lying. And speaking of ads, it's a perfect time to mention Jerusalem Cafe, who has once again sponsored this episode. So we've come to you now in, I think, already like five different episodes telling you to try Jerusalem Cafe in Midtown Manhattan. Why haven't you tried it yet? No, I have something to say. <laughs> Why? Because when it comes to this, when it comes to Jerusalem Cafe... They're open on Sunday. Yeah. And you have these days where, you know, you want to take your family to the city. You want to take them to Manhattan. There's so many attractions, museums, whatever. Just go out because the weather's beautiful, right? As if you ever went to a museum, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm letting the audience know. I'm letting them know. Don't be someone you're not, bro. Don't hate the player. <laughs> anyway, you want to take your family to the city and do something fun, but what are you going to do for lunch? Oh, we got to pack sandwiches and things. No, you do not have to. They have a full open restaurant on Sunday, super convenient. I have done this, by the way, and it is it is perfect. You go there, you spend an hour for lunch, and you have the rest of your day. The weather's gorgeous. Why not? Amazing, amazing food. Check them out, but most importantly, if you order online, use coupon code KC10 because you're going to get 10% off, and that lets them know that we sent you. Check them out. Their website is j2nyc.com on the web, and let us know how you like it. The big breaking news is the Durham Special Counsel Durham report has now come out, and it has concluded that the FBI was wrong to investigate Trump for ties to Russia. Oh, he is in his glory. (laughs) I told you all. It's crazy. That means, you know, for, for so long, if you said that you didn't think that Trump was involved with Russia, you were laughed, you were laughed at. You know, when, when Ben Shapiro appeared with Bill Maher, do you remember that? I do. I could play the clip. Do it. Oh, so many lies about so many meetings with so many Russians, so many attempts to have back channel sources. I have a question. To get do, to you, the, do you, do you what, actually think that Donald Trump colluded yes. with Vladimir Putin? Yes. Do you? You don't. How can you not? How can you not? Okay. So, I do not because I watched that campaign. I don't think that Donald Trump could collude with his own left foot. Well, I don't think he did it, but his, you know, his son did it. His, his, the people who are, who Mueller is And when the evidence comes out, I'm happy to go for the indictments. I'm fine with the indictments. Okay, great. Criminal activity is criminal activity. But you see what, you see that. I'm not going to attribute to Trump something he didn't do when he's too ignorant to have done it. So you see, 
you know, when Shapiro says, you know, I want to see the evidence that he was working with Russia, Bill Maher and the whole audience laughs at him. They're basically laughing him off the stage like, you don't believe that he's involved with Russia? And meanwhile, we have real actual evidence that the Bidens and the Biden family were getting money from many different international sources and nobody cares. I know, but that's even pending. Like, we're all waiting for charges to come. Yes, we are. And there's a new report saying that the FBI, there's, there's a whistleblower report that the FBI is not giving to the Republicans. Basically, someone inside the FBI saying Biden was taking bribes and nobody's doing anything about it. And they're not getting it. The FBI is not cooperating. We knew when he got on that stage and he said he was withholding the Ukrainian aid for, I don't remember even what it was. To fire the prosecutor. Right. Fire the prosecutor. Yeah. Right. And we knew like that. No. By the way, when I saw that, I said to myself, this guy's crooked. Okay, but that was a quid pro quo. We're talking here about getting actual dollars, millions of dollars to the Biden family, including Joe Biden, Joe Biden, including Joe Biden for favors, et cetera, curry favor with him. And that, and we know that this was this has been going on. And nobody, like, there's no internet, you know, not international, but there's no major condemnation the way there was with Trump. And there was no evidence for anything with Trump. Maybe he was going to open up a Trump uh, hotel in Moscow, blah, blah, blah. And it, it all turned into nothing. Dust and ashes. Yeah. So, yeah, Trump is, he's partying. And, uh, I mean, this happened last week already, but just it's worth mentioning. I mean, I'm sure you saw Trump at the CNN town hall. Oh, that was gold. That was gold. Comedy gold. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's that's, gold. That's, that's the only kind of gold that I'm talking about. And he's great. He's great. It's like, it's almost like must-see media. It's yeah. like you have to watch it. Yeah. Shapiro had a great take. What he said was, is that Trump does best when he has someone who's directly attacking him. Because at that point, he's going to go into his, he knows, he's like totally rehearsed for this. He's been saying the same things and you know, you never know what he's going to say next. And he says like, he'll throw a, the kitchen sink at you. Like you, you just don't know where he's going to right. pull you a sledgehammer. You have to start being mean to him and then yes. he'll be mean back. Yes. Yes. And he's always going to be meaner. And he's always going to do better. Right. Exactly. So here, here's a clip of him actually being mean. But in fairness, she was being. She started. She started. <laughs> she started it. Here it is. Here's the clip. They didn't raid Obama. But Joe Biden didn't ignore a subpoena to get those documents back like Joe you Biden did. And took so that's the question. Boxes. But that's the question that investigators have, I think, is why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them. Are you them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the okay, question. Okay, it's very simple to that's answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. <laughs> Do you still have any classified documents in your possession? I got to tell you something. It's 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 she has a lack of respect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a former president. You know, yeah. there has to be a modicum of respect. Yeah. She would she would not speak to anyone else ever like that. Certainly. Right, candidate. right. I agree. Especially a former president and presidential candidate. No, but even if even if you want to say he's what you know, whatever he is, she was clearly being combative. Right. It's not her job to be to take a side. And yeah. that's what it like looks she like she's doing. Like she had the last word. Right. She's a moderator. Yeah. That's all you are, lady. A that's moderator. Why that's why yes. Right. Why don't you answer? <laughs> <laughs> we all know people like this, yeah. right? And we and do we like them? No. no. Nobody likes them. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of the people, a lot of the news were really upset because the crowd obviously was cheering for Trump. But of course, I mean, it was all Republicans in the audience. But how does that how does that happen? Like, how do you have a CNN debate and everybody being Republican? It was a Republican town hall because we haven't had the primaries, right? So he's trying to get the Republican nomination. So why would CNN, ah, who's anti-Trump, right? why would they host it? Because they're not dumb. And they know that Trump is the key to their success. Tucker's out on Fox. Trump is coming back. CNN's ratings when Trump was around were through the roof. There's a new CEO at CNN, and he's not dumb. He's a businessman who says, I know how to make money. We need this guy. This guy's going to make us money. Well, couldn't they have picked a better moderator then? No, but this was great. Oh, right. That's what they want. They wanted this. Mm. It worked out exactly as they intended. Think about how many views they got. Everyone was talking about them. The whole world was talking about it. The videos, the clips. People can't get enough of it. It's true. Including us. We that, watch it over it, and over. It's, it's crazy. It's The entertainment value is just astronomical. It's, it's not normal. It's it's literally more entertaining than almost anything you that's out there. Right. Yeah. And so- I mean, and by the way, the last four years, snooze fest. Yes. I don't I don't watch news. I don't yes. want to know. Yes. I can't listen to another 100%. Biden speech. 100%. That's it. One mistake, a hundred mistakes. They're all the same. I think Fox News better be careful because this new CEO, 
the fact that he did this, and he came under a lot of fire from his own people inside CNN, reports came out about it, and he had to explain why he did it. But I think he's got a business head, and I think he knows what he's doing. I think there's a very good chance that CNN's going to start gaining. I'm sure he was laughing all the way to the bank. Yes. Right? And yes. that's all there. That's it. That's what he's being paid for. Yes. Right? Yeah. Bring in revenue. That's his job. And that's what he's doing. So she was definitely, I mean, she was definitely harassing harassing him. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that they, that she got orders to harass him, you know? Like it was all intentional. Push his buttons, harass him, you know, be, be curt. And, I mean, and, it and does attack. make sense. And if it does, this woman deserves an Emmy. Yeah. Right? 100%. 100%. But speaking of harassment, by the way, did you see this new law that came out in New York? So now apparently fat people. Am I allowed to say that? I don't is think that, so. Is that offensive? I, I'm offended. <laughs> Why? You're not fat. I'm fat. <laughs> I'm outraged on behalf of myself. Um, what are you supposed to say? Over Overweight? Overweight people? Overweight. Yes. You're supposed to say overweight or... Okay. I apologize. I apologize. But you know what? I feel like I'm allowed. You know, like a Jew can make fun of Jews. A fat person can make fun of other fat people, right? Yeah. So, I don't think you I don't think you meet the, uh, no, the requirement. No, I'm not obese. Mm-mm. Right. Okay. You're not morbidly obese. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I don't like the inference. I don't like the inference. Well, we- not morbidly obese. <laughs> But but we also did speak about plots and burials, maybe a poor choice of words. Yes, definitely. So apparently fat people are now a protected class in New York. So in other words, just like, you know, a minority would be. So let's say you're you're at the office, you could now let's say theoretically sue your boss because of fat discrimination. But but does that really occur? <laughs> like no, does it occur? Does someone's like, "Oh, uh someone needs to handle the spreadsheet, not you." <laughs> <laughs> not you give it to someone else you're way too big for that <laughs> and the way and there and and also there are certain jobs that cannot be done right i was thinking that by overweight people right right like right. if you are an obese person and you fill out a job application to be Flight an attendant. acrobat <laughs> right is that going to work out Mm-mm. it depends now who's wait. catching you it depends <laughs> who's catching you <laughs> No, no, the equipment is just not designed for 350 plus. It's just not designed for that. So what should you do? Get the job? Like, how do you not, like... What about a flight attendant who can't fit through? You got to, you know, you got to fit through with right, the food that's a good one. people passing. Right, that's yeah. a good one. You need to be able to get through the aisle without being sideways. And what about things that involve, like, stamina? Well, I, I mean, I, I just assume... Like maybe, what? Like a tour guide? Like what? Like yeah. a hike? Yeah. Like, what do they call those people? The- or even a fireman. A fire right. Person. You need to be able to get down that, that pole. That, right. right. <laughs> well, getting down the pole, they probably can. But climbing up the ladder. No, no that hole is narrow. <laughs> I went there when I was in school. Like, right? Get stuck in there. We all went down the thing. Do they still use those poles? I don't know. It's funny because I was wondering this recently. It's crazy that we're talking about <laughs> it. No, I honestly, because it's funny because I was, I was recently thinking about this and I said, do they still have those poles? Are those even used anymore? Well, the whole idea of the poles is so that you don't have to go down steps. Like right. we're, we're going to save so much time by not going down steps and just <laughs> sliding down a pole. Six seconds of savings. <laughs> like, really? No, but you know, in They're an emergency- They're not on the 30th floor of the Empire State Building. In an emergency- Every second, second. exactly. So that was the idea. I don't know if they still use it. I have not been to a firehouse, but I imagine nothing has changed. You don't want to go down steps when you're rushing. That's the Google machine. And apparently they are still in use in 10 to 15% of firehouses across the country. That's a very low number. Very low number. I would like to see those poles in shuls so you can get straight to the kiddish. (laughs) No? Yeah. Brilliant idea. I like that. Right? What even if you're late for davening? You know, you, you know you're late. The minion started and you come running in and they're like, oh, oh where's, the, where, where's the minion? Where are they davening? Oh, they're in the basement. That's like a Landau's feature. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right down the pole. That'd be great. So back to the uh, back to the fat discrimination. I, I don't understand it completely. I mean, I, I, I understand it somewhat, but I don't, because like you said, the people who would be suing would be people who are in a, are in a, job that probably needs you not to be 350 pounds but it could just be something like you're getting made fun of like let's say you're you're working for somebody and people are making fun of you like you well i'm saying then why are overweight people different than other like short people or ugly people like everyone's going to get made right. fun of right. for that's, different attributes exactly that's what that's what the the other side i says. just don't understand i don't understand like why is look if you're a mean person you're going to make fun of anyone and anything. For any reason. Right. right. For any reason. doesn't matter if they're overweight. It doesn't matter if they're short. Like, we all know these types of – they're bullies. Bullies are going to bully no matter what. 
Yes. That's a valid point. Right. So I don't understand really where like where this is coming from. I think it, it has to do with the fact that, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed it, that like there's this whole movement now to say that being fat is okay. When in reality, you know, biology tells us that being overweight, it increases risks for many health issues like diabetes, for example. During COVID, obese people were very disproportionately dying from COVID. So, but now there's this whole movement of being fat is okay, right? We see those ads where they put, you know, fat models and it, it's, it's, they're trying to make it that it's completely normal. Everybody could be who they want to be. But but on the other on the flip side, there are people that no matter what they do or what they try, they can't shed the weight. 100%. They have it in the genes and it's not going away and they have to live with that. Yes. And they don't want to be discriminated or, or relegated to just being, you know, overweight or or, or or being put in a class. No, that's fine. And and I'm not it doesn't mean that they are you know, completely to blame. But it does mean that you don't have to say being fat is great. It's not healthy. Look, what are your options? Ozempic. Who knows? Everyone's Oze- on Ozempic now. <laughs> I know. So, so many people. So many people are on Ozempic. But it's not, and it's also, you know, you'd think, okay, what we found the miracle cure for 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 being fat, but it's not. No, because it the people, for many people. No, even if it works, you can't stay on it forever. No, you so can't. You, no, you can. You can. People stay on it forever? Yeah, it's actually a diabetes drug, and it's made to be taken forever for diabetics. But people do get off it. Like, yes. eventually, they reach their desired weight, and they then get they off. get off it, and, and then, then they, they gain double. Yes, yes. Or whatever, plus 10% or yeah. 20%, and who wants that? And then they're going on and off this Ozempic, and yep. it's not, you know, yeah, it's yeah. not practical. It's not simple. It's not simple. Also in New York, did you see this? Mayor Adams praised the yeshivas at a Teach NYS dinner. Did you see this? No, tell me. So Teach NYS, you know, Teach NYS, they're an advocacy group. Their their ultimate goal is really to help, you know, help the tuition crisis, help with some sort of solution to the tuition crisis. Wait, NYS Teach? No, Teach NYS. They're worried about tuition. Yeah, just like everybody. Really? No, they're an advocacy group. They're like a special interest group. They work with the government. They're trying to bring about changes to help. They want tuition vouchers? Because I do too. Of course, ultimately. Yeah. But but until they get there, they're an advocacy group trying to help with everything. So, for example, um, when some years ago, the government very quietly uh, tried to defund yeshivas from their transportation allocation, it was Teach NYS that intervened and made sure they got it. So, like, they do a lot of work like that. Uh, they get they get funding for, for certain uh, classes in, inside yeshivas, you know, like they get funding for equipment, computers, things like that. Teach NYS is very... Uh, involved and they do a really unbelievable job. Well, when are the vouchers coming? That's all I really want to know right now. Move to Florida, and that's in full swing there, right? That's in full swing, baby. Wow. Yeah. So I just wanted to play you this little clip from Mayor Adams. You got to give the man credit. This is at Teach NYS. The children are in a state of despair at an epic proportion, but instead of us focusing on how do we duplicate the success of improving our children, we attack the yeshivas that are providing a quality education that is embracing our children. These these schools, these schools have turned around the question mark of how are our children, you are making an exclamation point that's saying our children are fine. We need to be duplicating what you are achieving. People are asking questions. I saw numbers just the other day asking questions about what is happening in our yeshivas across the city and state. While at the same time, 65% of black and brown children never reach proficiency in the public school system. But we're asking, what are you doing in your schools, we need to ask, what are we doing wrong in our schools and learn what you are doing in the yeshivas to improve education? So he goes right at it, and I hope the New York Times was watching, because he basically says they're attacking the yeshivas when the public schools are a disaster and they should be learning from the yeshivas. Well, I love to hear it because, you know, we know that it's true. Right. Right. And the public should probably get behind the idea, right? 100%. But there's a lot of people saying that he's just pandering. 
Okay, I don't care. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's like the people who say, you know, uh, the evangelicals. That, well, they only support Israel because you know they believe uh, Yeshua is going to come. Yeah. Okay. Who cares? Okay. Okay. Let him come, and you know. Okay, I'll take it. We'll I will take it. take it. We'll take it. Mamanovshach, right? All right. One in the wind column for yeshivas. Exactly. Exactly. So that was nice. So I saw this interesting article that Gen Zers, who are in the news a lot, but apparently they found that when Gen Zers are under pressure or feeling anxiety. They find that using a British ac- accent actually calms them down and makes them feel okay in these situations. By I the way, this, I, I immediately thought of you. Yeah, because I have this. <laughs> right? I've seen you do That's this. how I relax. I've seen you do it on the phone, where you'll just go into an accent with it's someone. It's true. I don't know if it's British necessarily, but you know what? <laughs> right now, I'm feeling very relaxed. You see? Very relaxed. Is, 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 is that the There's crazy? something about it. It's the weirdest thing. I saw that and I was like, "That's how does that make any sense?" But you're, you're saying, "But my default true." Yeah, my default is not English though, like British. No, it's usually Indian. I think it's usually Israel. Israel, really? Yeah. yeah. If you notice, most of the times when you call me, I just pick up. I yes. Know. yes, yes, yeah. yes. That is true. I know well you. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah, that's your default. Fact check true. Fact check true. And speaking of Jews and Britain, by the way, did you know? I saw this. This this was in an article. It, it was uncovered on another podcast but i thought it was interesting so i researched it fish and chips right the quintessential british british dish is that british yeah fish and chips fish and chips why why is that british more than the american dish, the specific dish fish and chips it, it just means fish and and and, and potatoes no it's a, it's, it's chips a, no it's a specific fish i believe it's cod that's uh coated in flour deep fried with large you know chunky french fries home fries we call those no home fries is in America, home fries are more like you would eat it with a fork, whereas the chips in Great Britain, you wouldn't eat with a fork. You'd eat, well, I mean, maybe they eat them with forks, but in other words, they're bigger and they're, uh, you know, like French fries. If you say so. I mean, I really don't, like, I, I don't know. Well, it's a, take my word for it. It's, a, it's like the quintessential, quintessential British dish. Turns out that came to Britain from Sephardic Jews. Really? Yeah. How, Isn't that wild? Yeah, how do you figure, though? They, I, I looked at it on Wikipedia. They came from Spain and Portugal. Jews coming from Spain and Portugal brought it where they had been coating fish in flour and frying it up. So they invented the fried fish. They brought it to Great Britain. It became a British thing. Just like bagels in America were absolutely brought by Jewish immigrants. Polish, Eastern European Jews brought bagels. Bagels are a thing in America because of Jews and fish and chips are a thing in Great Britain because of the Jews. Because of Spanish Jews specifically. Fish and chips brought to you by the Sephardic Jews. <laughs> You're welcome. See, you immediately go into the accents. Yeah. Were, you, were you feeling stressed just now? No. Oh. Oddly, so. oddly calm and tranquil. Oh, oh okay. And, and speaking of Spanish accents, there was a, uh, a, a story that made national headlines because there was a Hertz agent. Well, you know, the whole thing with illegal immigration, it's a hot button topic in the United States right now. So this Hertz agent would not rent a car to a Puerto Rican man because he. Well, wait, you need to have ID to rent a car. Right. I imagine immigrants don't have right. driver's He's... licenses. Or maybe they do. Like maybe they have South American driver's licenses. Yeah. Like they can, you can use that. Well, he denied him the rental because he said they don't rent to foreigners. Which, by the way, <laughs> right off the bat, He's getting canceled. Yeah. Right? We yeah. don't rent to foreigners. You can't say that in America today. And the funny part is he's from Puerto Rico. He's Who is? The, the guy he wouldn't rent to was from Puerto Rico. Oh, the customer. Yes. Which means Puerto he's Rico not is re- an American territory. Yeah, it's been yes. in American territory since 1898. Is that true? 1898? I think so. How did you you want to check that? me? How did you pull that out? I, I don't know. 1898. Uh-huh. See, I'm telling you, the stuff from school just goes in. Wow. It just nests somewhere and then comes out when you need it. I, 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 I'm floored. <laughs> I, I, I'm floored. I don't know. I don't know how. I, I just, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. You, you yeah, just Kids, your... pay attention in school because it goes why? in. Why? What, what? So, that you, so that one day that when you've got a podcast, <laughs> you can pull something out like that. Stay in school. You'll know in Puerto Rico. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I can imagine this customer just like, eh, so let me get this straight. You don't want to rent to me because I'm the foreigner. Aha. Uh-huh. You are the foreigner. I mean, he was probably making fun of her, right? I think in that story, like the police were called, like the, the agent called the police, and then the guy, like the alleged foreigner, because he's obviously <laughs> not a foreigner, was like, you are telling me that I am foreign. Where did you go to school? 
Did you even go to school? You don't need diploma for this job. <laughs> well, in their defense, I mean, they're an agent at Hertz. They're not, you know, they're not a lawyer in uh, on uh, Madison Avenue. You know what I mean? So I want to jump to Israel for a second because I saw the most amazing article. I, I almost missed it. And then when I saw it, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So the, the headline just said, ancient tablet found on Mount Ebal, Ebal, how would you say it in English, predates known Hebrew inscriptions. So apparently there was some archaeological digs that happened some years ago by a, apparently a controversial archaeologist in Israel. And so some people, this archaeologist has passed away now. So there's, there's a group of archaeologists that are now going through some of this old content, right? And they found this little lead piece and they used x-ray technology to see if there was anything inscribed. Because now, if, Hold on. Before you even go further, this is like Har Eval? Yes. Okay. So where, what, like, what is the history of it? Okay. I'm going to get to it. They knew that if they tried to do anything to this metal, it would just break apart, right? So they want to examine it, but they can't. So they're using special machinery and x-ray technology, and they were able to find an inscription that said, you are cursed by God. Wait a second. So it's a metal piece? It's a, it's, a, it's a piece of metal that clearly came from something bigger. Okay. And it says you are cursed by God in Hebrew. So why couldn't they read it? What was it like? I guess dirt and... Yeah, yeah. And over time, old. yeah. Right. And so and so that was like the headline. That was the, the story. And then it hits me. It's like, I pity the person that found that. No. Or that first huge... read it. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he probably woke up that morning, like, not feeling the greatest anyway, <laughs> like most of us do. And then then to get this, like, imagine his life was going sideways this whole time. And then he finally reads it. You are being cursed. But uh, but here's the crazy part. We read in Dvarim that when the Jews enter Israel, one of the things that happens is that half of the Jews go on to one mountain. Hagarizim, the other half go to Har Eval. And the Levim are in the middle. This was actually in the Daf recently. And they read out the blessings. One side says Amen, and then they then they read out the curses, and that the, the other say, side has to affirm it exactly. Yeah. So, and then at the end, it says, "What does it say in the Torah that you have to write all of this down?" It has to be inscribed clearly. Exactly, and so that's what they found. But on metal, it doesn't say metal yeah. anywhere. It doesn't say metal, but apparently that's what they used. But I think, like, if when I would think about it, I would think it would be carved into stone. Okay, well, le- I mean, lead is whatever. Notwithstanding, right? it just does it. Does it? Well, m- I mean, what is lead? Is lead? Me- well, lead's a metal, right? Right. Either way, bro. What they're saying is no. It could. It could. It could not be biblical era. No, right? no, they dated it. Oh, so it is. Yes. So it doesn't matter. So whatever I'm imagining on stone, it doesn't matter. Apparently, it was on lead. Yes. What I'm saying is, there's archaeological evidence for this whole thing that happens in Devarim. That well, it's said in Devarim that Yeshua did after they came into Eretz Yisrael. There's archaeological evidence. They may have found the actual thing that was used when that whole thing took place. I'm saying I don't need proof. Like, of do you, you don't need it? But it's an amazing thing. It, I guess. Like, I mean, we know that it occurred. Like, what, if I can see it and touch it and read it, that would be fascinating to me. Knowing that it's real, like you're like, oh, it's real. I can't believe it. No, like, no. because seeing. Evidence. Okay, now, come on. Is there pictures of this online anywhere? Yes. Because I would love to see here that. It like is. maybe it's right here. It's not much to look at. Okay. <laughs> right, it looks like a wet diaper. <laughs> That's what I told you. It's not. It's not exciting to look at. What I'm saying is, it's just like when you go to Israel. I'm not. I'm not saying you need evidence. But when you go right, when you see the Kaisel for the first time or whatever, and you see something that you learned about come to life, there's an exhilarating feeling. You can't tell me there's not. Yes, I, I'm not going to take that away from you. I mean, Thank I you. was very young. <laughs> first time I went to the Kaisel. How old were you, by the way? Yeah, I was young also, but still, I remember it. You don't remember the first time you went? I don't remember being fascinated, no. I remember like, okay, this is our spot. Like, this is what we have, a wall. Do you even have a soul? No, it's, a, it's not a bad thing. It's like, I, I just, like, it was so, it was almost second nature to me. Right, right. You're saying, right? right? It was like, this is our you. home. Like, this is what right. we You're get. like, of course it's here. What are you talking right, about? Right, exactly. Yeah. And like, I remember my father's like, these stones are like 2,000 years old. I'm like, yeah, and? And? Okay. <laughs> can I get a Coke? So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what can I shackle? drink here at the Kaisel? Because there's nothing, there's, no, there's nothing for miles. I don't know. For me, I, I, I just found it fascinating. And I, I think some of our listeners are going to find it fascinating. How about that? Well, I, I guess we'll include a picture of these tablets <laughs> yeah. uh, in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, we will. Which you should join if you're not in there already, and the link is in the show notes. Yes. So we know also this past uh, week or so, 
there was, you know, the rockets being fired in Israel after Israel killed three members of Islamic Jihad, and then there was uh, retaliation. Yeah, and rockets. Bibi showing a strong hand. Bibi showing a strong hand. And you know who else is showing a strong hand? I saw a clip from Naftali Bennett, and I'd like to play it for you. Here it is. I've heard the argument often made that militants, and you hinted there, use civilians as human shields. But doesn't Israel have an obligation to work around those shields here? Israel has an obligation to defend its people. Uh, what would you do, Isa, if uh, your kids, would you allow them to be next to rocket launchers? No, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't target civilians, sir. And this is my question no, to you. No, nobody's targeting civilians, Isa. Nobody is targeting civilians. So are you accusing Mr. Bennett? Are you accusing well. those children of being part of this? No, I'm accusing Islamic Jihad of murdering its own children by cynically shooting rockets at Israeli children, but surrounding their own weapons with uh, uh, civilians in Gaza. There is no uh, method that is more cowardly than what they're doing, and shame on them. And I do suggest that they stop immediately killing their own children in the cynical method. And I think it's uh, also very convenient to you know, sit in the in rooms around the world and criticize Israel who's fighting to defend our people. And I'm not ashamed of that. I don't apologize for that. I'm proud to defend our people. Strong words from Bennett. Yeah, but it's the same argument again and again. And of course, that's from CNN. Yep. That's just, you know... I'm sensing a pattern. That's just perpetuating the same rhetoric over and over. And again, it's the same defense, yeah. right? This is just like... I could have I could have done this. I could have did this interview and yes. given the same talking points. Yes, but he's a former prime minister. And but you're noticing a pattern here of these women on CNN who are just very confrontational. Again, she's speaking to a former prime minister. She's like, "Excuse me, sir. Are you are you claiming that they the that it's the children's fault?" And he's like, "No." Yeah, I mean, uh, this is kindergarten stuff. No, but who talks like that? You're right. You're right. In other words, I agree. It's a for- In other words, she's coming to him as it's a foregone conclusion that Israel's targeting children. How can you defend that? And he's like, "What are you? What are you talking about? We're not targeting children. They're launching them from playgrounds, and we're shooting back. They just no compunction. It's it's a pattern of CNN journalists just you know being confrontational. She's a nasty person. <laughs> <laughs> and then lighter news coming out of Israel. Scientists in Hebrew University have found there's a gene. I'm not sure if we covered this, but there's a gene that apparently makes you more susceptible to getting bit by mosquitoes. Did you know that? I did not know it. You're saying people carry this naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. With me, for for example, I have family members where we're, we'll be out like at a barbecue in the summer and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm, I got destroyed by mosquitoes. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have a single bite. Oh, I get bitten. You never get bitten? Of course I get bitten sometimes. But like I'm saying, I'm outdoors at a barbecue. We're all together. And like- Another Some are person, getting more yeah, than others. Like, oh my gosh, look at this, look at this, look at this. And I'm like, I don't even have one single bite. It's just really weird. Of course, you know, you have that mosquito that gets trapped in your house and then you know you're getting bit. That's the worst. Right, because, well, if there's nothing else to right. feed on, they'll, gonna, they yeah, will take yeah, exactly. you. But it's a second choice. Right, Clearly, exactly. you're a second choice. It's like, oh, we're not having steak. We're going to have, you know, cereal, cold cereal. Yeah, so you're, you're the, the cold, cold cereal. cereal. <laughs> <laughs> so because of these findings, they've now found a way to develop a repellent that you would apply and it would help, it would keep you from getting stung by mosquitoes. I would rather it be programmed into my genes. Like, is that a possibility? No. <laughs> like, why? Like, no. I have to put repellent on every single time? Like, I'm sure it's great repellent, but I never put it. You put on off? No, never, never. 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 Right? And that protects you against ticks and yeah. mosquitoes and True. whatever. Never I'm not it. putting that stuff on myself. Like, first of all, you have to put it everywhere, yeah, right? That's right. Especially if you're wearing shorts and short sleeves. You got to put it everywhere. And it's just, it's slimy. And then you have to shower the minute you come inside yep, yep. like and it's it smells, not a, yeah and, I, matter, and like fresh pine set yeah, it doesn't I'm smell like i'm never using repellent unless i'm camping like long term camping yeah agreed that's why i want the gene programming make that a reality well this is another million dollar idea brought to you by Kiddish club what mosquito repellent that gene programming <laughs> gene, pro- <laughs> gene splicing <laughs> exactly how that's exactly a, are you going to do that that's the right word i don't know that's not up to me <laughs> Right, your genes you want, are already. If you want your millions of dollars, you're brilliant, man. You are you are really smart. If you want to make it big, this. right? Right. So, like, don't work on genes like curing cancer. 
like do mosquito repellent. Well, the same thing I'll tell you about uh, seedless watermelon, right? <laughs> Who's well, out there developing gene splicing watermelons so we can have seedless watermelons well, when they should be working on it. diseases? Yeah, but anyway, the point is they do gene splicing. They could do it on something before it's born or before it grows. You're talking about taking a, a walking, talking human and making them, you know, yeah, change their genes. An injection. <laughs> Well, technically, it's not as crazy. I'm laughing at you, but we know that viruses can alter DNA. So it's not as crazy. So maybe there is something. See, you laugh, but I'm giving away million dollar ideas. So I feel like a lot of, you know, Israel's really at the forefront. You know, a lot of these articles that I'm seeing, they're not like from the Jerusalem Post. These are like regular international science articles. And it's just amazing to me how much of this cutting edge science is coming out of Israel. And I mean, it's a credit to to Israel itself. It's yeah, pretty I mean, amazing. It's it's not the first that we've heard of this. Like it's they're always they always have this cutting edge technology, and like you see these in the talking points. Yes. When uh, when it comes to like anti-Semitism, okay, so don't use the computer chip in your right, laptop. Right. You That's know what anti, I'm saying? The anti-BDS right. arguments. Yeah. And speaking of BDS, by the way, there was a, a huge thing. Did you see what happened with Rashida Tlaib this week? You're going to tell week. me something about the Nakba? Yes. Very good. So you know what the Nakba is. I think I know that it's it's a day to condemn Israel. Is that what so, it is? So the Nakba is it means, I believe, in Arabic, the disaster. And it's the day that they celebrate the fact that they lost Israel to they the Jews. They don't celebrate. They lament. They, they lament. Right. Exactly. It's like the Tisha B'Av. Okay. Right. And it's called Nakba Day and International Day, whatever. So Rashida Tlaib, congresswoman in the United States, wanted to reserve the auditorium in the halls of Congress to hold a Nakba event. So the ADL contacted McCarthy, and McCarthy shot it right down. Okay, she I mean— was not able to have it. Yeah, it doesn't really. Like, think about that. Let's celebrate a day where an ally of America became an ally of America. <laughs> right. Right? Right. But that's not the end of the story. She did, in fact, have it in the, in the end in some, like, cafeteria because that cafeteria is under the control of none other than— Bernie Sanders, uh, self-hating Jew. Of course. Yep, you believe that? It's crazy to me that he would allow them to hold a day lamenting the, the creation of the state of Israel, which is an ally of the United States. Why Why? Why are you surprised? I don't know. It's because, what do you mean? This is like, he, it just makes no sense. Yeah, he. This, this is the progressive view. Israel bad and Palestinians good. It just, it fits right in. I know, it's a little bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a little bizarre. I have one thing to say. All the meat that we eat ends up being lab meat from Israel, because you know that's coming. I can't wait for that, Once by the way. Once they perfect it, yeah. If Bernie Sanders eats that meat, we're calling him out on it right here. <laughs> by the way, you know why I can't wait for that? You know who's really dreading that day, by the way? Oh. I was thinking about this. Oh, you. The vegans. The vegans are dreading that day. Why? Why? Because at that point, we're all going to be vegans, right? Because all the meat's going to be- Then they're not special. Yes! Interesting. Like, no, no, no. Uh, no, excuse me. I'm, I'm vegan. I'm vegan. I can't have that. I'm vegan. Be like, <laughs> we're all vegan. They lose their power. Who are they going to go tell that they're <laughs> vegan to? Interesting. Right? <laughs> no, they're but dreading that they're going to come up with something. Like, right. I yeah. don't, excuse me, I don't eat cells. <laughs> I don't eat cells from, from animals. <laughs> it's going to be something, right? right? They're going to for sure have to build on, you know, on their beliefs. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Uh, my final story, we have a lot, but I mean, we're going long, but I'm just going to bring you this final one. I'm not sure if you saw kosher.chat. Did you see kosher.chat? I did not. This is a kosher chat GPT. Really? So I'm opening it here for you to see. So a from person, a from Orthodox man, after reading what happened at Square with a bandit chat GPT, he said, well, I get it. Why don't we have a kosher version? And he developed it. I think it's using the same model as chat GPT, but it's filtered by him. So wait, wait, wait. How it's not even possible because think about it. It's artificial intelligence. It can go in any direction it wants to. It has free will. No. So we know, just like ChatGPT, you ask a certain question, it says, "Oh, I can't answer that." It, you, you know, and like if you say, "Oh, how do I build a bomb?" and it says, "Oh, I'm sorry, well, that would be very bad. I can't answer you." So you can give it parameters, and you could program in things that it can't break. So you're saying it doesn't really have free will, right? Because right. you can't, like, if it if it has free will, then you can't, like, you can't build a from chatbot that will never go o OTD. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Because you don't know, right? <laughs> right, right? The chatbot can go off the derech at any time. Yes. Right? That's right. It's interesting because they say Moshe Rabbeinu, 
at the end of his life had no free will. After he wrote down the Torah, he had no more free will. It had to be taken away from him because who's to say at the end of his life, like a second before he didn't, he died, he didn't become a kaifer. Right. Right? Right. right. So his free will had to be taken away once he wrote down that greatest navi. That right. Ever, that that he's the greatest right. navi. There will be nobody, nobody ever else, that right. comes. You know. That, right. That's as great as as Moses. Once he wrote that down. Yeah. It's game no, over. Right. No backsies. <laughs> so he had to have that removed. Yeah. Just an interesting Thank point. You, Torah. Yeah. See, I brought up I brought up the story about Har Eval. And this is where you go. You go. Yeah, and it's Shavuos anyway. Shavuos is coming. Yes, yes, right? yes. So here it is, kosher.chat, and I thought it would be interesting if we would do it live, you know, like ask it something or say something. So when you come to it, it basically says, welcome, I'm ready to chat. If you're here for any of these reasons, first click for more details, and it says, halacha question, Torah's opinion, zmanim, general questions, non-Torah. I want to see if you can take it off the derech. But wait, of course. <laughs> can you entice it to worship <laughs> idols? Go. But the funniest part, unlike ChatGPT, so it says, halakha question, Torah's opinion. Of course, what's the last thing you could click on? Advertise. Advertise. That's how you know. This is kosher GPT. <laughs> so I was thinking we should ask it, like, can I eat cheese with meat that was grown in the lab? I, I was just thinking, just to see if it's really kosher, I would ask, like, how do you worship idols? Okay, let me try it. How would I go about worshiping idols enter so it says i'm sorry but as a jewish kosher ai bot i cannot provide guidance on how to worship idols worshiping any deity other than the god of israel is strictly forbidden by the torah okay see, see that okay see that okay now what do you got i would ask it about the meat and cheese the lab-grown meat go okay. for it okay so can cheese be eaten together with lab-grown meat kosher chat says as a jewish kosher ai bot i cannot provide guidance on consuming lab-grown meat as it is a relatively new technology and its kosher status is still being debated by rabbinic authorities. However, if the cheese and lab-grown meat are both kosher, they can be eaten together. Well, that was a psak. But One second. So it says, I can't provide guidance, but by the way, it's mutter. <laughs> see, I'm telling you, this guy has a little bit of rebellion in him. Yeah, I see it. I see it. I think you should ask, uh, is it okay for Rebbe to slap his, <laughs> his, his student? Awkward <laughs> Bacher, you listening? <laughs> is it okay? Okay, we're going to ask, is it okay for a Rebbe to slap his student when he's teaching? Kosher Chat says, physical violence and abuse are never acceptable, even in the context of teaching. The Torah values respect for all individuals, including students and teachers. Any form of physical or emotional abuse is strictly forbidden by Jewish law. I have a really hard time thinking or believing that this that these are not preloaded. But so, it's, I don't think so that, come up with something crazy. We'll test it. you telling me it preloaded the lab-grown thing? I mean, come on. Yeah, come on. That's a common question. I mean... So give me something really out there. I mean, it could have been anticipated. So we're gonna we're gonna spend more time with the uh, kosher chat bot here, and we're gonna we're gonna see if we could take it off the dare. <laughs> and we will report back to you on this. Listen, if it's a real AI bot, it can be taken off the dare. Challenge accepted. All right. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And we are out. But she's the Karen in the office, just saying. <laughs> You're a really nasty person, I gotta tell you. Listen, lady, I'm more citizen than you. I'm just saying, you could go with Deuteronomy and you can go with Deuteronomy. Even I don't know what Deuteronomy is. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.